And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Welcome back to Straight from the Source of Mike Russo. Thanks as always for tuning in. If you're not an athletic subscriber, well, what are you waiting for? Theathletic.com slash straight from the source. We'll get you in for a discount. Now's the time you're going to want to get in. Just tons of cool stories on the horizon, including a week from today, one of the biggest projects that we've done at The Athletic. Dan Hayes, our Minnesota Twins writer, and myself have comboed a story that we're doing with a video component, drone videos, an audio component podcast to go along with this really cool article, a story that we've been, um, an entire project that we at The Athletic uh, have been working on for six or to eight weeks, uh, and we're planning months before that as well. So hopefully uh, you all will enjoy it, but something that you're definitely going to want to check out uh, a week from today, next Wednesday, February 2nd is the day that this is scheduled to come out. Um, so hopefully you will enjoy it. My guest today Cam Talbot, wild goaltender, uh, back from an injury that he gets hurt again, um, but he practiced today and uh, really gracious enough to come in from the bullpen. Johnny Merrill was supposed to be my guest today, um, but he tested positive for COVID-19 this morning along with Nico Sturm. So uh, John Merrill, um, we, I guess we could have done him by Zoom, but I didn't want to bother him um, after I'm sure he's disappointed that he tested positive. He's going to probably have to miss here the next uh, two games at least at the Rangers and the Islanders. Um, so Cam Talbot. Albert comes in from the bullpen, a really fun conversation with Cam. We'll talk about his All-Star game appearance that he hopes he's going to make as long as he um, is healthy. He did have to leave the game, his first game since the Winter Classic the other day early, but that was just for precautionary measures. But he is looking forward to getting his family out to Las Vegas for the All-Star game. Um, we talk a lot about Henrik Lundqvist uh, and the banner unveiling that they're going to have on Friday night at Madison Square Garden, where Henrik's number will raise to the roof of the world's most famous arena. Um, 
Cam Talbot used to be um, Henrik Lundqvist's uh, backup, and he talks a lot about his history with uh, with Hank as well, and we talk about a lot of other stuff. I'm going to talk to him about the Oilers situation, um, a really traumatic experience that he and his wife had uh, once in Moscow during the winter during the World Championships. We'll talk to him about that as well, and we're going to talk to him about Capo Kakinen and how well he's been playing here while Cam was out. This wild team now six zero and one in its last seven games. And 10-0-1 in its last 11 games at XL Energy Center. 10-1-1 technically in its last uh, 12 at home because you include the Winter Classic in there. But if you just take XL Energy Center, not only 10-0-1 in its last 11 there, but just outscoring teams dramatically every single night. A2 victors. The other game, uh, last time they played uh, against the Montreal Canadiens, tied for the franchise record for goals scored. Um, and just they continue to absolutely rock right now. Um, they have the third best home points percentage in the NHL in the last two seasons. Um, but just so much going right for them right now. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, and Kevin Fiala each have nine-game point streaks. Now, technically, Kaprizov's isn't considered a nine-game point streak because he missed the one game after getting hurt against the Boston Bruins. Um, but Zuccarello and Fiala um, on nine-game point streaks, and Kaprizov has points in his last nine games. And they're just they're each just absolutely on fire. Zuccarello, since mid-November, one of the best forwards in the league. Kaprizov, same thing there. Fiala, in this nine-game point streak, seven goals. So he is just on one of those toward paces that we have seen from Kevin Fiala during his entire tenure in Minnesota, where he just gets on these hot streaks where he just cannot be stopped. And right now he's in one of those streaks. And that's the one thing about Kevin Fiala is he always works his butt off, but he gets a volume of shots on an every game basis. So you got to think that eventually they're going to go in. And right now um, they're absolutely going in. So just really, really cool. Um, how about the Jordan Greenway, uh, Yule Eric's neck, Marcus Felino line right now, the grief line, giving other teams grief. According to moneypuck.com, they haven't been on the ice for uh, together as a line for a five-on-five goal all season long, which is just unbelievable. Jordy Ben talked about it the other day that that line is something that you just don't see three big men skate like them and just wreak havoc on opponents on a nightly basis in this league. You just don't see it. I mean, they are absolutely gigantic, but they can all skate. And right now where you're seeing Jordan Greenway play his, his best hockey this season, four assists in his last... Um, Four periods and an overtime. Um, Yule Eriksson comes back in the lineup, gets the big goal, wins 15 of 60 of 21 faceoffs the other night, and then Marcus Lino uh, has goal. Folino has goals in his last two games and 17 goals this season, um, which is by far a career high. In fact, it's like he, I think his previous career high was 13, and he did that in 40 more games than he's played right now. Um, Jordy Ben, um, they sent Kalen Adamson back to the minors. That turned out to be a hot button topic a lot with the fan base, but the reality. Is is that you know Kalen Addison played number one power play unit. Um, Jared Spurgeon has taken his spot there now that Spurgeon is back in the lineup, and that Jordy just adds a different element. He brings grit, he brings size, he brings physicality, he brings a guy that's going to box out, and he brings a guy that's vocal on the bench, and that's stuff that Dean Evison and Bill Guerin obviously value. So they wanted him in the lineup. Jordy talked really maturely, professionally after the game the other night when the, when Jonas Brodine came back in the lineup. He understands he's going to want be the guy that's likely going to have to. 
come out. It's not going to be Kulikov or Merrill. Um, well, Merrill now has COVID-19, so Jordy Ben is going to stay in the lineup, even with Jonas Brodin likely coming back into the lineup Friday night against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Brodin has been practicing and skating on his own with Nick Bukestad and Andy Ness for some time, so his conditioning is outstanding. While he was on the ice today, he was able to handle the puck, shoot pucks, things like that. Um, so jo- Jonas Brodin expects that he'll be in the lineup Friday. Um, this was a broken finger. He says it's completely healed, that he could shoot pucks again, and that's all that matters there. Um, he said that when it first happened, when he first was blocked with the sh- blocked the shot in Boston a couple weeks ago, that it went numb right away, but he really didn't think anything of it. He thought it was a bone bruise or something like that. But then uh, when he took a slap shot at the end of the game and everything just completely reverberated, he knew that something was big time wrong. So George, uh, Jonas luckily will be back in the lineup and it comes at a good time because now the Wild, even though they might call up, um, actually I would assume that they'll just keep Kevin Churchman here um, as the taxi squad defenseman and keep Kalen down in the minors, but maybe that'll change. They could, I would assume that we're going to see a forward called up though here in the next little bit because Victor Rask either will stay on the taxi squad or play for uh, Nico Sturm in New York. And so I would think the Wild will have to bring an extra guy with him on the trip to either play him or have him on the taxi squad. As I mentioned, Jared Spurgeon back in the lineup. He's played two games, a goal, three assists, just hasn't missed a beat, looks faster even. Um, and you just you realize when you haven't seen him for a while and he steps into the lineup just what a special player this guy is. Never takes a bad pinch, just so sound defensively. The game never seems so quick for a guy that that was you know he's been out for he's played five games six games since mid-november and he comes back in and and just doesn't look like the game's faster for him so i i just think that says everything about jared spurgeon um i did get a kick out of and i'm uh, not not saying this flippantly because obviously I don't like to see anybody get hurt and Christian Dvorak has had um, really difficult times with injuries here in the last couple of years between his time in Arizona and Montreal but Christian Dvorak gets clipped by Spurgeon uh, the other night and Spurgeon's going to the net it was almost like his back and and their face met um, it's Spurgeon's back and Dvorak's face I don't even think it was a shoulder but either way I just was amazed at how educated Montreal Canadian fans and uh, one media person in particular thought that this was the most intentional, d- vile, disgusting um, act by Jared Spurgeon, who never checks anybody and never takes penalty minutes. It was an obvious accident for anybody that's ever watched the sport. Um, but um, I get it, right? I mean, you know, if, if 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 it was a wild player that got clipped, I'm sure that wild fans would be going nuts as well. So I get that, but uh, the league took a half a second to look at it and realize that it was an accident and that uh, nothing was going to happen to Spurgeon there. So hopefully Christian Dvorak gets better uh, quickly here. Um, we talked to Cam about this, but... Man, Capo Kakinen, um, 9-1-2 and two in his last 14 appearances, 12 of those starts, 12 of those decisions. Uh, two of them were coming in for an injured t- talent. That's why the discrepancy between record and um, and the number of appearances there. But, I mean, just think about this. You know, he was lit up in his first, in his season debut against the National Predators. He was just really bad in the preseason. Um, you know, sometimes isn't the greatest practice goalie. And down the stretch last year, um, really crumbled. And what has he done? He's just come in here and after opening night, basically wins every single game that he's in there after his opening uh, season opener. Again, 9-1-2, and 6-0-1, uh, really 5-0-1 for, uh, for, 
for Talbot since he got hurt because Talbot did get the win in the, in the game in Montreal that he left early. But uh, Kacken just continues to play well. And if for some reason Talbot did practice all day today and if for some reason Dean doesn't want to start him in the last three games before the All-Star game just to keep make sure that he's healthy, you know that Capo Kacken can get the job done, that they've got a lot of confidence in him. Fourth line playing really well. Unfortunately, Nico Sturm um, gets uh, COVID-19 test positive there. But fourth line, Connor Dewar gets his first NHL goal and his first career multi-point game in a 22-second span the other night against Montreal. Uh, Duham playing much, much better. And, man, that was the best Sturm's looked in a while. Gets a three-point game. And, unfortunately, now he's going to probably have to miss a couple. So, um, right now, the Wild are rocking and rolling. And we'll see if they make any moves coming into the March 21st deadline. The pro scouts are in town right now, and they're meeting. And, um, you know, again, I, I still think that if you can get a center on this team, um, to play between Boldy and Fiala, this team, uh, you know, can be really, really a legitimate contender. Remember, you still having to go through St. Louis, through Mont- through uh, Vegas, and through Colorado to get where you want to go. So, I think an extra center would help. The question is, what are the prices? What can you get um, out there? Obviously, J.T. Miller' uh, steam is coming up, especially with all the Pittsburgh connections now there with Patrick Alvin and uh, Jim Rutherford running the show and Bruce Boudreau behind the bench. So, we'll see if the Wild revisit that. But then, um, in terms of in terms of uh, you know rental centers, there's uh, Thomas Hurdle, but San Jose is technically in a you know fighting for a playoff spot. There's uh, Claude Giroux. The problem with Claude Giroux is he's got a full no move, and he hasn't played a ton of center at all in the last couple of years. He takes draws and is great in the faceoff circle, but then he goes and, and plays wing from that point on in the game. So are the Wild willing to do that? Joe Pavelski is another one that I think the Wild would absolutely have interest in problem there is Dallas is in a playoff spot and actually in a really good spot even though it looks like they're clinging to a playoff spot they're not because of um, you know the fact that they have a higher point percentage than three of the four teams uh, that are fighting for a playoff spot in the Pacific right now so the two games the two teams in the Pacific, Anaheim and LA, that are actually entrenched in a playoff spot, and Calgary right behind them, Dallas has a uh, better points percentage. So anytime one of those teams falls out, Dallas isn't going to be the one to fall out of the wild card spot. So are you really trading Joe Pavelski if you think you have to make you have a chance of making the playoffs? Those would be the guys that I would really uh, keep an eye on. Um, you know, Ottawa was in town the other day. I did talk to Pierre Dorian. The big thing that they really wanted him and Pierre Maguire wanted to come here and watch the Wild is because they really, during their pro scouting meetings, had a lot of disagreements on where to rank players going into the trade deadline. And so he wanted to see them, um, and he definitely saw the best of the Minnesota Wild the other day. So uh, that'll be interesting to pay attention to. I just don't know who on Ottawa the Wild would have interest in at all um, that would make their team better. Um, and any, just I'm trying to think of anything else going on right now. John Torchetti back in Philly or in Philly now as assistant coach to work with Mike Yo um, for the rest of the year. Remember, Mike Yo was the head coach in Minnesota when he was fired. John Torchetti took over for him on an interim basis. And Chuck Fletcher is clearly putting the band back together. He's got Nick Schultz behind the bench. He's got Nick Sealer on the ice, Jerry Mayhew on the ice, Brent Flair is his assistant GM, and then Tricky Rick, Rick Brownwell, is the head equipment manager. Remember, he was the assistant equipment manager here in Minnesota for a long, long time under Tony DaCosta. So uh, Philly, uh, a lot of familiar faces there. And then the other big story of the week that involved the Wild was uh, Eric Stahl, former Wild player, makes the Canadian Olympic team after a four-game quote-unquote pro tryout in uh, Iowa where he had four or five points. Jack McBain, a Wild prospect that the Wild hoped to sign after Boston College's year, um, ends. He makes 
Team Canada as well. So the Wild will have two prospects at least in the Olympics right now. Sam Henschkes from um, from uh, that went to uh, I believe Tatino Grace and um, and uh, goes to St. Cloud State now. He plays for USA Hockey in the Olympics. And then former Wild prospect uh, Maxime Nero, Landon Ferraro, former Wild player, Ray's son, and Daniel Winnick, a former Wild player, all make Team Canada. Um, as you know, podcast galore throughout the podcast network. Uh, one really good one this week on the Athletic Hockey Show came out Tuesday uh, with Sean Gentili and Craig Custance. Well, Alex Tuck, the former Wild first-round pick, um, he is on there, um, and it, just a really good conversation. I even make a cameo on that podcast. Uh, at least my name does. Before we get to Cam Talbot, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And as mentioned, uh, really happy to be joined by Cam Talbot, uh, who came out of the bullpen today, uh, came to my rescue. I really appreciate it, Cam. As uh, Wild fans know, Johnny Merle was supposed to do the... Uh, do the podcast today and uh you've returned last time i talked to you on the podcast it was actually right after you signed here so we don't have to do the whole great introduction about your whole life and all that stuff but uh what is it like i mean every morning you show up the rink cam and i'm sure you guys are just holding your breath uh you know that the, the testing people basically say all right you're allowed in yeah it's it's a weird time i mean this year has been a little bit better um, not as stressful and obviously you don't have to be out as long when you do test positive. So, I mean, that's kind of nice, but I mean, yeah, every day you just, the one person you don't want to see in the morning is John Worley come towards you when you're in the gym or something like that. Cause most of the time you're already in the, in the facility and, and walking around, you've had your breakfast. And if, uh, you know, worlds comes up, it comes walking your way. You just, you hope he doesn't grab you because that's never usually a good sign. And so, Cam, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully this thing dies down now with the new testing protocols uh, changing after the All-Star break where, uh, you know, asymptomatic people aren't getting tested and, and we see a lot less of this. Um, let me ask you, I mean, you have been seeing a lot of John Worley recently, Cam, but I watched you in practice today and, and uh, man, they, they cer- certainly didn't ease you in. You were facing basically rush after rushes, high pace, <laughs> scrimmages, almost like a scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, I joked with uh, with the trainers about that, and even mentioned to Dean. I'm like, well, if there's one way to, uh, you know, to make sure that I'm good to go, I mean, this is definitely the practice to do it. it wasn't a goalie friendly practice by any means with all the odd man rushes, but uh, I guess you got to test it, and, and it passed the test today, so it felt a lot better. How uh, how was it against Montreal the other night? I mean, obviously you came out of the game, but Dean sort of made it sound after the game that it really was totally precautionary that they just didn't want to risk it with you. Is is that pretty fair, or, or is this still a concern? No, honestly, when I left the game, I felt that you know I I could have pushed it and and gotten through the game, but 
um, at the stage of the game that it was at five, one after the second period, um, you know, a lot of hockey is coming up and it just, it didn't really make sense to push it. So, I mean, for me, I said that I could go back in. I don't know if it was the, the training staff or the coach's decision not to let me go, but I mean, I think everyone's just being, like you said, um, cautious right now. And, uh, you know, we're going to need both capital and I down the stretch here. And it just doesn't make sense to, to jeopardize either one of us right now when, when we're going to need us both. No doubt about it. Do you, do you think that you'll know better tomorrow if you could play this weekend or, or do you assume that you're back to a hundred percent? I mean, I felt good today. Um, talking to the doctors and stuff like that after the game, there was, there was no concern, no MG needed any of that kind of stuff is just one of those things where I, you know, kind of felt it a little bit enough that I, I wanted to just bring it to their attention. And again, it's just everybody being smart. And I mean, um, in my mind, especially after today's practice, there's no doubt in my mind I can play on Friday, Friday. That's awesome. Um, Before we get to Friday, I did want to talk to you about the All-Star game next week. I mean, you know as well as I do that the first thing that families, especially, you know, a a dad when he gets gets elected to the All-Star game, the first thing they think is, can my kids be on the ice? And and I I bet that was the biggest concern that you had when you were given this honor was you you want to experience this with your 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 son and your daughter and your wife and and uh, in these COVID times, you never know. But it definitely sounds like the lead is going to let you uh it's going to be business as usual as long as every everybody tests negative you'll be fine to bring them on the ice with you yeah that's what i've been told so like you said that was one of my main concerns is you know i've grown up watching the all-star games and seeing kids sitting on their on their dad's laps and stuff like that on the ice and just how much fun it can be to have your family involved so that obviously went through my head and and you never know what's going to go on right now with with the protocols and stuff. So, um, like I said, our, our PR team did reach out and, and make sure that my kids can come on the ice and stuff like that with me. And they can even come down, I guess, um, between periods, which would be pretty cool too. They can come in the locker room and, and everything and have some fun. So, um, that's, you know, obviously going to be a great experience for me, but also for them. And, and with these crazy times, since they've been really been old enough for me to bring them to the rink, you know, the, the, uh, the dressers have been locked down. So this will be really their first time to, to come in and, and experience that. So I'm looking forward to it. And one of the really neat stories that I did during the winter classic was, was the family skate where, you know, a lot of the, the, you know, players like you and the wives sent me pictures of, of, of giving fans a glimpse of just how cool it was to be down there with your kids. And it looked like your kids absolutely had a blast. I know your daughter, you said their feet got frozen at one point, but I mean, it looked like yeah. they really, really enjoyed it. They did. Um, for as little as they actually know how to skate, they love being out on the ice. Just uh, it kills my back every time we're out there, and I got to take turns whipping them around the ice. But I mean, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. And and uh, you know, they they just have so much fun out there, and it's just one of the best experiences that you can share with them. So um, you know, the the game didn't go our way, obviously, and and I, I obviously hate that. But um, the obviously the family skate and stuff like that is. Uh, stuff you'll never forget how, how was that i mean you you know you're one of what i think three goalies in nhl history that's actually had a shutout in in a in an outdoor game um how what was these conditions like and uh, you know um and how difficult was it especially after you got hurt to to kind of truck through the end of the second there yeah honestly i didn't i didn't feel too bad the first period um you know we 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 played well we skated through there one one and um the the cold didn't seem to be an issue and then uh, second period got a little bit colder and every time you would 
you know, uh, exhale a breath, there'd be like the cloud of like white smoke or whatever that come out, come up in front of your face. So honestly, as a goaltender, that makes it a little bit tough to see when guys are coming into the zone, you're trying to breathe. And, you know, if they get extended zone time, you're breathing heavily and there's just a cloud of smoke coming up in front of you all the time. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, hurt the vision a little bit and stuff like that. You almost felt like you had to hold your breath while they're in the zone so you could follow the puck the entire time. But um, other than that, you know, the, the conditions and stuff like that were what they were. Everyone's um, playing under the same circumstances. So, um, but when the injury did happen, obviously I was trying to, to get it out to get to the end of the second there. So the capital didn't have to come in freezing cold, but um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I probably should have left the game when it happened, but I just thought that I could, I could, you know, truck through, but the conditions probably tightened it up a little bit quicker than um, it probably would have normally. And by by the way, you know, we were talking about the family skate. Uh, your your kids actually do skate a little, right? Like, didn't like, aren't you getting uh, your daughter her hockey gear today? In fact, actually, I got it for her yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we okay. took a, we took a, yeah, we went there the other day. My son's actually uh, been at home sick positive right now, which stinks. But yeah, I took my daughter to skating on. Oh, actually, I guess it was Sunday. Um, she went to her her learn to skate and stuff like that. She's already got the helmet, the skates. And the gloves, but we had to go get the the full gear outfit because they start hockey. Um, I think it's called Minnesota Made or something like that on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. So, um, and do you, like, do you like how much do they want to emulate you? I mean, do they want to be skaters or are they going to eventually want to put on the uh, the mask and sit in the crease? Uh, no, I don't think Kelly would let that happen. She said that she's lived through uh, being a goalie wife. She doesn't want to be a goalie mom too. So, um, they're both gonna be forced to play out i think but they that seems, doesn't seem to be a problem for them right now they both said that they want to score goals that um that was one of my favorite stories i did in the playoffs last year was with your wife about what it's like to be in attendance watching uh her husband play in vegas mm-hmm. uh as, as i mean you like and you probably i mean you're a man alone on an island you get this uh the mentality there but i mean you got to really appreciate how just absolutely stressful it must be on the wives on the parents uh, of goalies Oh, 100%. I mean, I think my wife, you know, she, she gets just as nervous as I do before games, if not more. And every time I come off the ice or something like that, it's either, you know, um, Spurgeon's wife or back, you know, on other teams, it's different wives and stuff. That's like, she was a mess tonight. Like she, she had to turn away every time they entered the zone or something like that. She just, she cares so much. She knows how much I care and, and put into this. So, um, when it comes to certain situations like that, I feel like she feels it just as much as I do. And she, she, I mean, how long have you known her? She, like you, are you pretty much childhood sweethearts? You met in college, right? In college. Yeah. It's been, uh, almost 13 years, 13 years. You played with your brother. Is that what it was? Yep. Yeah. Her brother was on my team in college and I was good, like really good friends with him. We were best friends and, you know, I was his best man in his wedding and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, we were, we were good friends, got introduced to, to Kelly and the rest was history. And that's the university of Alabama Huntsville. And, um, man, you know, the one thing, uh, that I still remember, and I never knew this is so in November, I run into Mike Yo. I don't know if you remember when we were in Tampa, the flyers were in Tampa as well. And Mike Yo mm-hmm. was not only, uh, I, I, I think he was with you when you were with the flyers as well on their bench. Was he there yet or not yet? No, he wasn't there yet. I don't, actually, he might. Yeah, he was still in St. Louis, but he coached video, you in yeah. the world. Cha- 
Yeah, yeah. He he coached you in uh in uh the World Championships in Moscow and he told me this unbelievably harrowing story that during your gold medal run that your your wife while pregnant with your twins was actually held up at gunpoint. Yeah, her and three other wives. They were outside of Red Square, um, just taking in some of the tourist attractions. We just got to Moscow uh for the uh the medal rounds. Um, we were based in St. Petersburg for the uh, preliminary round. So we just got to Moscow. Um, a bunch of the wives, um, left for the day so that the guys could get their, you know, pregame napping and stuff like that before the semifinal game. And, uh, her and three of the other wives were just outside of Red Square, just sitting on the steps, I think like enjoying a coffee or something like that. And all of a sudden this guy just comes up and points a gun right in their face from a couple steps down. And obviously they all just freeze and throw their bags down the, to his foot and um he, for some reason he just he didn't even grab the bags he just kept like yelling at them in russian they had no idea what he was saying why he was saying it anything like that and um uh, thankfully there was um armed guards and stuff like that around there and um they he must have caught the attention of one of them so he just kind of tucked his gun away to his side and and just kind of took off didn't take their bags didn't take anything so it was kind of a a weird exchange but obviously extremely scary um for anybody let alone someone pregnant with twins so um yeah they they as soon as he kind of took off they grabbed their bags scurried away and ran into the the closest hotel and i think they called 911 and stuff like that but the craziest part about that is my wife being the way she is knowing that i was so focused on playing she wasn't even going to tell me because she knew i had a semi-final game to go to that night but i could tell that something was wrong and i finally got it out of her before we went and it was just one of those things like you can't even can't even have a drink to calm your nerves, you know, like she's got a couple babies wow. in her and, you know, she had to, yeah, to deal right. with that one head on. How did you focus? Uh, I mean, thankfully, she she was there and nothing happened. That's the only thing that was running through my head. Right. And, you know, it's just one of those things that it's life can change in an instant kind of thing. So uh, yeah. thankfully, thankfully, nothing happened. And um, I don't know if those guards scared him off or or what happened, but. Just thank God that, you know, he took off and, and all four of them were safe and yeah. we were able to, to go on. And and now it's just a story you can tell on a podcast and we had a gold medal to go with. It. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Where do you keep that gold? I keep it back home uh, in our place in Ontario. It's uh, up, on my, awesome. up on some of my shelves. I remember that world championship. You were unbelievable that championship. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, your goals against, if I remember, was barely, barely won. And, uh, you know, you know, unreal save percentage. And uh, that had to be just a real fun time to put on Team Canada's jersey, Cam. Yeah, it definitely was. It was obviously an honor. I never put on. I actually played in the World Junior A Challenge when I was 19 years old for Canada East. But this one just seemed to hit a little bit differently. Anytime you get to put the the Canadian jersey on and, and go out there and play for a gold medal, it's, it's extremely special. So one that I, I never took for granted. And, you know, it's just an unbelievable experience and team Canada just treats you such first class. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievable organization and you know, it was just, just a great experience other than that, that one uh, dark spot, I guess you could say. No doubt about it. Um, you guys get on a plane tomorrow and you go to uh, New York, uh, your first NHL team cam um, and you were going to be there. 
in that building, getting to watch Henrik Lundqvist uh, and his number go right up to the rafters of the world's most famous arena. Um, mm-hmm. What will be that like? That like, and what was it like? Uh, you know, being being uh, uh, Henrik's backup and and sort of learning from him. I mean, that's just going to be an unbelievable night. I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know how they came about having the Minnesota Wild in town when they raised his jersey to their afters, but it's going to be a pretty cool experience for for Zuki and I. That's for sure. Him and Zuki were extremely close, so um, that's that's going to be a special night for not only Hank and Zuki but myself as well. But um, I mean, there really wasn't a better guy to to come up and learn from. Um, my first training camp, I just I watched how how much work he he put in, and he came in and came into camp and just in great shape. And I always tell people this that like you could tell he had that mentality that you, he hated getting scored on just as much in practice as he did in the game. If he didn't do something right or got scored on at the end of a drill, the drill couldn't end until he made that save. Um, they, he'd make guys do it again and again and again and stuff like that. And, um, it's just, that's just his mentality. And I think that's what made him, um, you know, so great for so long and, and one of the best to ever do it. So there wasn't really a better guy to, to learn from and, and take certain things from his game and, and mold them into my own. He, he seemed to be the perfect New York type of guy, Cam. I mean, you look at him off the ice, he drives fast cars, he dresses, you know, uh, like, you know, like he might as well be, uh, you know, do, going down a fashion runway or something, you know, I mean, he, he seemed New York. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the king of New York for a reason. I mean, that's, you don't get that crown for, for nothing. And like you said, he just kind of, you can drop him in pretty much every, every aspect of New York and he'd fit, he'd fit right in. You could drop him on a runway. He'd look good there. You could obviously put him on the ice and he stands out and, you know, he's got the, the cars, he's got his own foundation, which he does a lot um, with New York and stuff like that. Them and the Rangers. So, I mean, he, he immersed himself in pretty much every part of that city. And, and now, you know, uh, he's getting the, the respect he deserves and getting his number up in the rafters. Do you have a, a bit uh, the biggest can- like, you know, do you have a big uh, sort of Hank memory or your best one? Um, honestly, I think the, the best memory was just winning the, the Eastern conference with them and, and going to the Stanley cup finals. I think that was just one of the, the most special playoff runs. Obviously I've been a part of, and uh, you know, just watching him go out there every night and, and to see what it took, um, you know, mentally, physically to go on a cup run and stuff like that and go that deep in the playoffs and, and just see what it really takes. And, um, just, you know, it just, it wasn't just one memory. It was kind of the whole thing, but just, I just take that experience and, and kind of relive it sometimes when I'm watching playoffs and stuff like that. It's just a, a pretty special time. And, you know, obviously when you, when you're able to to celebrate one of those conference championships and stuff, it's just really special. Um, Capo Cacton has talked a lot lately about just how much he respects you and and the way that you treat him. I mean, you know, is that stuff that, I mean, obviously you're a good person at heart, so I'm sure this would have been that same way if you, if you don't play with a guy like Hank, but I mean, when you would, do you almost look back at just those times as being that young goalie behind Hank, probably a little intimidated as somebody like it's, it's important for me to treat the, the backup really well and, and, and make sure that he's comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, like I said, I would treat anyone the, the same way, no matter what, but, um, you know, walking into a dressing room when you're 23 years old and there's Henry Gonecliffe, I mean, he just has an aura about him that, you know, it's extremely intimidating. I don't think I wanted to talk to him for the first couple of years I was there. You know, I spent, uh, 
a few years in the minors before I got called up and he's just, uh, he's just, you know, um, he's intimidating when you walk in there. So, um, but once you get to know him and stuff like that, I mean, he was, he was a great teammate. He, um, easy to learn from, easy to talk to. And like I said, his work ethic was second and none. So I just kind of tried to mold all that stuff into my game and, and bring it to, you know, wherever I ended up next. And I always knew that, you know, if I was fortunate enough to stay in this game long enough and, and turn into that mentor type that, you know, I would, you know, impart any kind of knowledge or, or wisdom that I've learned along the way because I've worked with so many great goalie coaches and and uh, and goalies along the way that you take a little bit from each and you kind of just mold them into yourself. And, um, you know, if Capo ever has any questions or anything like that, he knows that he can bounce ideas off of me the same way he can off of Freddie. So uh, it's always kind of nice when you have that rapport and that communication between the two of us. And he's just been so great for us. And, um, you know, and doesn't need much from me, but when he does, I'm there. Um, just final couple questions, Cam. Uh, you know, I've obviously had two great years in New York uh, in the NHL. Then you go uh, to Edmonton, have a the, the second year you're there, 42 wins. Um, I think about a 925 uh, save percentage and things like that. Um, what what is your thoughts about everything that's been going on with Edmonton here the last uh, couple weeks? I mean, obviously they've struggled dramatically, but then you got Leon Draisaitl uh, battling with a Hall of Fame hockey writer uh, publicly. I mean, you know, uh, what's your the pressure that they are under right now? What is it like to play for Edmonton, and do you think they're they've got the ability to turn it around? I just think the so much pressure is built around having, you know, two of the best players in the world. And, you know, sometimes they go on slumps and stuff like that. And I think it just gets um, maybe magnified a little bit more than maybe most teams would have just because of the players that they do have in that locker room. But I feel like every team goes through those. And like we went through a five or, or six game slide there before Christmas. And you see what we're able to do now. Every team has the ability to come out of it. And I don't think they're any different. I mean, those two guys drive that team and, and they've got the the supporting cast there that, that I still know from there that, that can help turn them around. So I don't see any reason why they couldn't. Um, I just think that sometimes with the media and stuff like that up there, it does get amplified a little bit more when things aren't going their way. So unfortunately that's the, the nature of Canadian markets, but um, no doubt in my mind, they're, they're a good hockey team and, and they'll be able to turn around. No doubt. And just last question, Cam, on this team is, uh, you know, how, how far do you think you guys can go? Because man, it has been a special season so far. You guys play entertaining hockey every single night. You usually play winning hockey every single night. And lately, uh, it is so clear of the camaraderie that you have in that locker room. It just seems like an absolutely awesome place to be in, a welcoming place for a lot of these young kids that have stepped in and contributed. Um, you know, how happy are you with this season so far? And, and uh, you know, how curious are you to see where you guys can take this? Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's, it starts in the room. Like, the, the guys are unbelievable. We have such a great group. And it doesn't matter if you're a guy that just got called up and inserted in the lineup or a guy that's been in the league for, for 15 years. Everyone gets treated the same in this locker room and, and you feel included. So um, I think that's helped, you know, the doers and Boldy and Rossi when he was up. I think that just helps them feel more comfortable and Addison and those guys uh, just makes them feel comfortable and they know that they're able to step in and, and just play their game and not feel intimidated or anything like that. Just come up, play your game and, and, you know, everyone's treated the same way kind of thing. So it starts in the room and then the, the coaching staff and stuff like that. It's a trickle down effect from them. 
but you know, when we're healthy, you can tell that we're, we're one of the best teams in the league. We've already showed that this year with the, you know, the teams that we've, um, teams that we beat along the way already so far, the Tampa Bay's Toronto's, uh, we give Florida a good game when we're down there, almost made a comeback there. I mean, we can, we've proven that we can hang with the big dogs, if not beat them. And, you know, when we're healthy, we're a scary team to play against. So I'm looking forward to see, um, what we can do down the stretch here. And, and obviously, uh, continue that momentum into the playoffs and looking forward to it yeah well i am too cam it's really been you know i know beat writers we got we got to do our best to be objective but this has been the most entertaining team i've ever seen i mean it is just fun to watch you guys every night uh you know you as as a writer you got to write the game but you also get to cover this awesome sport and to see and and leave these games so so on a high because the game is just fantastic it's just been fun to watch you guys so uh, wish you all the best the rest of the way, and uh, looking forward to seeing you in New York and at that awesome, awesome Henrik Lundqvist uh, banner raising. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks. That is Cam Talbot. We'll be back with one of our sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Well, thanks to Cam Talbot for joining straight from the source this week. Uh, again, out of the bullpen, we'll we'll try to get Johnny Merrill on next week. Uh, although the schedule's a little tight next week because the Wild uh, they they go to play New York. Uh, we get the Henrik Lundqvist banner raising on Friday night, then the Islanders on uh, Sunday night. By the way, Saturday I am actually shadowing the Department of Player Safety, so that'll be uh, really fun. Uh, but then next week we come back for like one day and then go to Chicago, then the All-Star break. So we'll see if we can get Johnny Merrill on next week. If not, we'll get another awesome guest. But thanks for listening to Straight from the Source, and please follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. And right now, get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Talk to you next week, everybody. Thank you.